0: Hi guys, Josh Turnbull here, and this is The Final Whistle.
1: Welcome back to the latest episode of Rugby Connection presents The Final Whistle. Now, this week's guest might have started in Starlots for his rugby career, but he's known for being a blue. He's got over 150 appearances for Cardiff, with 13 Caps of Wales, absolute mountain of a man, Josh Turnbull. Josh, thank you so
0: much for coming on. How are we getting on? Hello. No worries. Good to catch up. Um, yeah, I'm not too bad at the moment. I'm, I've got a bit of an injury. Um, so, uh, you know, it's touch and go with. I'll play again this season. Uh, but it's been a bit of a roller coaster of one for for, for for sure. So, you know, it's just a case of uh, seeing where we are in a couple of weeks' time.
1: Yeah, well, fingers crossed you make a nice, speedy recovery.
0: Cheers, mate. What, what is the injury, if you don't mind telling everyone? Uh, I've just got a little bit of a, car, a calf strain, so... Um, <laughs> I, I, I like I don't pick up soft tissue injuries at all, and it's um, I think uh, Dai jinxed me a couple of weeks ago when we uh, we come back from South Africa. We played Glasgow, um, we'd beaten them, and I was a bit banged up the following week. And then so we were playing the Scarlets, obviously my old team, busting to play. But I was pretty beaten up, and I said, he said, look, take a week off, uh, rest the body up. I can't afford to lose you for a couple of weeks. Um, four to six weeks and I was like okay um and he goes don't get emotional with me now because it's a scarlets." I was like okay I'll, I'll I'll take it for this week and he goes you rip it next week then and then uh got through the following week ready to play scarlets in the second game uh and uh, I pulled my calf in the warm up oh. <laughs> literally about 30 seconds well I know but probably about two minutes three minutes before we were due to go back into the change rooms and I said to the physio I think my calf's gone so we went inside we tested it and then uh, he goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to make a call. You can't play, yeah." <laughs> and no, it's a Will Boyd, another ex scarlet Dye just gives him the jersey and he goes, "Oh, you're starting eight. boy Boyd's like, "What?" He's like, 30 seconds before kickoff." Boyd just rips in like he does. Um, and so I went for a scan, and I had a, and a, on the following Monday, and I had a tear on my in my calf. So it's a it's a about six week injury. Um, the following Monday, then I saw Diana and said, "You jinxed me. You jinxed <laughs> me." But two weeks ago. Um, but nah, it's, it's it's you know we're four weeks now post that game, so you know a couple more weeks. I may hit the last game against Banton, uh, depending on how the next next ten days or so go.
1: Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Like I said, it'd be nice to see you get a nice run out before the end of the season. But we're going to run it all the way back now. What actually got you into rugby in the first place, George?
0: Um, oh, look, I started when I was a when I was a youngster. I started when I was um, uh, about nine or ten. And I think it was just. You know the physicality of it, and you know I had two younger brothers, um, and uh, we'd always just be playing two v ones in the garden, um, and you know just having a good old good old crack at it. And all three of us played for the same club growing up. Um, and look, my parents didn't come from a rugby background or anything; um, they're they're both English as well, growing up in Wales. So um, you know, it was it was it's quite an interesting one. And I just I just from the first. First time I just fell in love with the game, really, from that age, and um, I started with a club called Newcastle Emlyn, and I just went all the way through their system then, uh, all the way, all the way through their junior system, their youth, youth uh, team, and then in, I played one game for the senior team. Um, and there's been there's been some journeys along the way, so it's been well, it's been a real good journey along the way.
1: Yeah, it definitely has. I was just going to say, you obviously you have been capped by Wales, you have won the Challenge Cup with Cardiff. If you could if we could snap our fingers like Thanos and erase one from history, what would you pick? What would you sacrifice?
0: <laughs> oh, my Welsh Caps or oh, the Challenge Cup win. Yes. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's brutal, that is. I know. Uh, we'll, we'll like catching them off guard here. Oh. Uh like. I think as a as a boy, you're you growing up. All you ever want to do is you want to play for Wales. So, you know, I'd uh, and represent the three and a half million people in this country. Um, ever since I was a, a school kid, and I like I I missed out like Wales 16s cap. I I played for the A team instead. The following year, I played 18s, and they probably clicked. Then that you know I could probably take this on as a as a as a you know this is something I could do professionally as a job and. um you know, is, um I think, I'd have to have to say I'd I'd sac I'd sacrifice <laughs> the Challenge Cup, I think. But wow, that's a no question because we worked so hard for that 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 trophy as well.
1: I know.
0: Be a journey. Um, <laughs> I'll have a think of that while we keep while we keep going on this uh, oh, well, yeah. podcast.
1: Well, personally, I'd prefer you you sacrifice the Challenge Cup because you put Edinburgh out in the quarter, So. <laughs> we, could, we could have meant that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because we were actually all meant to, me and the rest of the hosts were actually meant to reunite for the Edinburgh-Cardiff game in January, but we were still very up in arms where you could, if you could go or not, and say, nope. So who knows, we could have actually met already, but wasn't yeah. meant to be.
0: No, that, that was oh, that was a pretty tough day for us as well. Um, we'd been on the back of like a, a five-week break, I think, and and... Some of us hadn't played any rugby and uh it's not it's not ideal when you go to somewhere like uh Edinburgh anyway, because uh, they're a real tough, uncompromising team to play against. Um, but you know, having uh, coming off the back of COVID and things like that, it was pretty it was pretty tough going. I was yeah.
1: Since you mentioned COVID, obviously your last cap for Wales was during the summer, which was, again was very like, yeah, some can go, some can't, you can't really go and like, interact with hands. How hard was it? As a family man, being like in the bubble and preparation for the games,
0: yeah, like it's been tough the last couple of years. Like, I haven't been involved in all of those campaigns, but it was pretty tough during that summer campaign. I was only away for, I think it was like four weeks in the end. Um, but you know, some of those boys who've been involved in the Six Nations campaigns have done six weeks on the bounce, eight weeks on the bounce, and um, you know. Some players, you know, there's only like say one or two through each campaign have ended up getting COVID, but um, they've been really strict on on when you when you can go home, when you can see your family. Um, January has been after a game, and they'll give you a day to go home. But the first four weeks, it was literally you're in you're in camp and you're not going home. So it was a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of, a lot of time. You end up with a lot of spare time as well because you don't train every hour of the day. Um, but you've got to find things that you know. To be fair, the entertainments committee and the social boys—they they really step up in the last in those in those few weeks and really make make a difference. Really,
1: yeah. I mean, thank God, like we have got like such a technological world now because I couldn't imagine having like this pandemic twenty thirty years ago.
0: No, I, you know, I think uh, it's it's actually showed now as well that. Um, you know, people obviously working from home now. Um, people are obviously using the technology more and more every day, and it just shows that you can you can do it as well. Um, but I'm not sure how we would have coped 30 years ago. <laughs> it's been pretty pretty brutal.
1: Probably not not great. Just the drinking would have be been cheaper though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, obviously, you're you're quite versatile in the second row and the back row for the forwards. Do you have any preference of what you actually prefer playing?
0: Like, <laughs> it's quite a funny one, actually, because now I just want to be on the field. It's, you know, i am not fast one numbers on my jersey. I'd rather just be on the field playing and giving everything for the boys um, and giving out, like, you know, you know, leading the way, basically. Uh, there was a time probably when, you know, I was pretty set on wanting to play in one position and that probably would have been blindside. Um, you know i think being versatile having many strings to your bow it only adds adds to your, your um opportunities and and you know to be fair that especially in the last couple of years and uh, the way the game's going you find more and more uh hybrid back row players playing in the second row you know you have to look at people like cameron walkie now is doing it for france before yeah. that they had bernard laRue doing it for, for them you know Courtney Laws does it for, for England um has done it Seb Davies is doing it now for Wales um, and, and Cardiff. You know, I think James is another one at Cardiff who can do it. You know, so there's more and more players. Uh Rob Harley at Glasgow can do it. Um so they're, I think they're like invaluable to a squad um because of how much how much work you can do. Um it's basically playing a back row in the second row. And, you know, defense coaches love that, attack coaches love that as well. So it's music there is when they get the opportunity to do it.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, just for fun, we because you cover so many positions, we'll give you all options. Who's your dream past and present second row partner? And same for the back row. Who's going in the back row with you, past and present? You can pick like two back rows, past and two present, if you want. So One if, each if in I,
0: second. I was going uh, past, uh, I've played against him. I would have loved to have played with him, is Victor Matfield. OK. Oh, in the, in the boy's what a house. unit. And then I think... Um, oh, let's have a think here. Present. Who would I like to have played with in a row of pre- who's presently... Well, I think you just got to go and pick someone like beth who just monsters people, did not he? Two
1: big. Massive South Africans, past and present.
0: Uh, there you go. Uh, back row. Um... As a kid growing up, I always I always wanted to be like Shark Uh fortunate enough to play against him. So I'd pick him, I'd pick him in my back row as a as a um past. And I'd and I'd probably go Jerry Collins as well.
1: Nice. Nice. I, I rate
0: that. Um currently um Watson current Hamish Watson's a bit of a boy. I, I quite like uh, you know, I'm a big fan of his, the amount of groundwork he gets through. Um Big explosive carrier as well, so I put him at open side and then, um, number eight. I'm put a number eight then. Um, oh, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm gonna go with James Ratty because I think he's just been immense this year for, for Cardiff. That's
1: fair. just I thought you were gonna name another South African there the way it was going. There. <laughs> But I mean they are they are big physical lads and who wouldn't want that in the in
0: the pack? Yeah. Like, you know, um I think I think the game has definitely um changed since I started. Um you know, um like you look at like Ratty has probably gone from back row to second row, moved back to back row, and he scored a try against Ulster this year where he picked off the back of the scrum, run through seven and eight dragged the 10 across the try line and with another two boys on his back. So um, just how explosive he is. And when he played the Ospreys the other week, he ran straight through Alan Wynn and Thomas Francis, to internationals. Just shows how explosive he is. So, you know, yeah, big fan of him at the moment. He's he's doing real well.
1: Yeah, definitely one to watch. What's the biggest... Because you've said that game has changed since you started playing. What's the biggest change for you that you've noticed? Oh, I
0: probably the 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 collisions how big how big the collisions are um it's relentless in terms of like you get up you make one collision you're making another one within within the minute probably um maybe even less than that and just how how much force is involved in those collisions as well yeah that's the like if i play on a on a friday night i'm not walking properly till monday <laughs>
1: that's, that's that's uh
0: and like like i kind of some of the boys go oh, how do you do it and like i take myself the well every time i'd like to think i would do it anyway and then but i think over over the last few years i've definitely learned how to look after my body a lot better um and 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 respect the fact you have to recover after games otherwise you're not going to be able to back up week after week after week
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that was my biggest because it's my first senior season. I've got, I got injured playing youth rugby, so took some time off. Came back and like my first hit, first senior game, and I got hit. And I was like, oh, it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just big lads, big. Well, they're, they're just like all grown men now, isn't it? It's not, it's yeah. not the boys you're playing against. It's
0: just getting yeah. fed get, getting fed to the wolves, it feels like almost. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It, it, like it is it has changed massively. And I also think the speed of the game, how quick game the game is played now. Um, yeah. and I, the fact that the South Africans have come into uh the URC is definitely um pinpointed the difference, I think, between the Southern Hemisphere teams uh and the northern hemisphere teams and how different. The game is played, and how quick, quick they are, and how quick yeah. they play it.
1: You've just came back from South Africa. How was your whole experience? Because obviously, not this is very new to everyone. So, so the last, it's the last
0: uh, three years, has been, it's been spot on. Uh, really enjoyed going over there. Even when we were playing the cheaters and the kings, um, this year was a bit of a shock. Obviously, we got stuck out there in the first. The first time we travelled out there, with the COVID outbreak that we happened in the UK, and then and then we got stuck in South Africa, and then we got stuck in Gatwick, oh, just outside of Gatwick. It was an absolute nightmare. You had boys, you had two boys. It was like, right, we're on a plane today. No, we're not on a plane today. We're on a plane today. No, we're not on a plane today. So this went on for about five days, and oh. then two of the boys got so head gone. On the last day, I think uh, me and two of the other senior boys had gone a Zoom call early doors. And they basically said, "No, we're not. We're not flying today, because the time to fly, we would have had to have been in the airport by um, say two o'clock in the morning for us to fly at four. But in South Africa at the time, there was a quarantine. So not quarantine. There was a there was a um, uh, you weren't. You basically weren't allowed out of the hotel uh, between say eleven o'clock at night and four o'clock in the morning."
1: That's how. That's very helpful. That.
0: (laughs) So, they were trying to arrange these flights, and they were like, "Well, you have to be in the airport by two o'clock." It was like, "Well, that's not happening." So, um, we're stuck. We get stuck another day. Two of the boys, I'm not going to name names, jump in a taxi and go straight to the airport that morning, buy their own (laughs) tickets (laughs) to fly home. But when they realise that they've actually got to fill in the these locator forms and these hotel quarantine period. So they couldn't get past the hotel quarantine period because they needed a booking number, and the team manager wouldn't give it to them. He's like, "You don't have them, so you can't book anything. You're stuck. You're going to be stuck in an airport in London." So these two boys ended up coming back to the the hotel, and we ended up going. We actually ended up going that the next day, I think. But um, I think there was quite a lot of apprehension going back a second time. Uh, we were all there was quite a few sketchy boys about going back. Did not want to go, um, but. You know, it's actually, you know, the, apart from the results, the trip wasn't too bad.
1: Yeah, right. I was. I was just going to say because apparently the altitude is like a big issue, and I don't know how players prep for that. I know that there's, you see, it like videos of it, like the the masks taking yeah. the, mask the bikes. But we did it a little
0: bit different this time. Rather than going to stay at altitude, we just we flew up the night before uh and got in. We actually got in quite late. So we didn't actually have any time to acclimatise the altitude or anything, and then we just, you know, the game at altitude probably was our best game over there. Um, we we actually really stuck it in, and if I think the yellow card came just as we were scoring a try, so if if that if that hadn't happened, I I I I think we would have beaten the the Lions, um, but it wasn't to be. Um, but then the heat the following week in Cape Town like that blew the socks off the boys out there I don't think anyone had played in like you know I played in heat against Argentina in the summer in the stadium when it was I think it was like 42 degrees on the pitch side it was absolutely <laughs> melting um, but some of the boys never played in heat like that they were sitting on the bench and they were sweating their lids off
1: oh no that doesn't sound fun at all uh,
0: you know it's you go from one extreme of high altitude and heat to even hotter day on a sat- the following Saturday then and you know, it's it's just to be fair, they, they, they obviously used to aren't they over
1: there. So you prefer so you prefer it close to the water level when it's freezing cold when it's raining?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't mind going to Glasgow, Edinburgh, Connor, or Dublin on when it's when it's literally snowing. I don't mind that, but when it's boiling hot. <sighs> <laughs> I don't I feel like I'd be, the, be different. I really love the
1: heat. I I don't cope when it's cold. I'm like the worst Scottish person ever.
0: <laughs> I thought you'd be used to it. I'm used.
1: To, I'm used to it. I just I just doesn't sit with me like my yeah. skin gets itchy because I'm asthmatic, my breathing's all to shit yeah. and I'm like I need to move, I need to go to a hot uh, country. It,
0: there is there is days when like you play on a really cold day and yeah. there, it can it can catch you in the lungs as well mine, but um I think I I prefer it to be a little bit cooler, dry. That's my ideal, uh, ideal uh, um, playing situation. Really.
1: That's fair. I think, I think the perfect situation for me is sun spot in the trees, but that nice little cool breeze that comes through. Yeah. I yeah. think I'd, I'd play that any day of the week, but not, not torrential rain and <laughs>
0: We've done it all. Not, We've done it all. Done it all. Um,
1: just a fun question. Well, I, it's kind of fun i I don't think it has, but I want to see a professionals perspective. Has the game gone soft
0: uh, I know I got a red card at the beginning of last season um, yeah and I probably sat the kind of straight after that there was a bucket full of red cards for for collisions um like mine wasn't in, it wasn't intentional i but what I what I did was I didn't I didn't lower my height or anything, and I I just stood square, and he just we just both collided, and his head was in my shoulder went into his head. Yeah, um, I think they've got to take into into the context of what's happened around around the players, because like I said earlier, the game is moving so quickly now. Everything yeah. happens was split seconds to react, um, and you're not always going to be able to to change the direction you're going. Um, I recently saw the uh, was it Leicester Harlequins. There was a reversed penalty because one of the Harlequins boys pushed another player, his own player, with the ball into, into the oncoming tackle. So that yeah. obviously speeds everything up, and he couldn't react. So he, I think Marla had a face full of shoulder because his mate had pushed him into the yeah. contact. So, you know, in that to be fair, in that in that game. They took everything into into context, but it's a couple of years ago. It was all it was all the high. Sh- it, was, it wasn't necessarily high shots. It was the people were jumping for the ball, and someone was wasn't couldn't react in time just to to yeah. help themselves, taking that person's legs out in the air. Now you have probably seen less and less of them because people are either pulling out earlier or they're reacting better. Yeah, but um. I wouldn't say the game's gone soft in that respect. I think, like, you know, generally, if someone's laid flat out, out cold because they've been smashed in the face, the and someone's out as they they'd go back and look at it. Maybe it's just now that because you've got TMO and they're watching the game five seconds behind, that they can they can they get to see these things. Yeah. Um, and then they'll they'll send a message down on a TMO check, TMO check, and then the ref will stop play, obviously, but. If you just looked at someone some of the, the the collisions that are happening in you know, you get getting two one guy running into two blokes these days. So you're not actually gonna get big collisions anyway. So I don't think the game's gone soft. If anything, it's probably um it's probably um a little bit tougher if anything. But I think it's the older generation who are saying the game's gone soft because yeah. back in their day, uh it was it, it was it was um, push that you'd go around, rucking people, stamping on people, uh, shoulder barging people. You know, you got away with it because you didn't have a TMO. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, the, but the generation of the game has changed. They're trying to make it cleaner without these cheap shots. Yeah,
1: exactly. Plus, like you said about like versatility players, like players are bigger, stronger, quicker nowadays as well. It's not like you look like thirty years ago. There's a prop, and it looks like a like your local butcher. Whereas yeah. now they're all absolutely massive, shredded, zero like, percent <laughs> like body fat. They're all like yeah, and, it,
0: and, and and when and the props are probably for me the hardest ones to tackle because it's like barrels. They just they just they get they're not slow either. You know they run like Rhys Carri now with Cardiff. No one's tight. The guy's 130k, and he's got, and he's quick across 10 meters. Yeah. So like, you, you know, you get, you get two guys running each other like that. You're gonna have a massive collision. Yeah. Someone's coming on second best. That's it. That. That's all. That is. <laughs> <laughs> Fair who's who's your
1: actual toughest opponent to play against? Who's like the one player that you've came across, even just this season, that you came across someone you're like, no thanks.
0: Oh, um, I tell you, there was one guy who used to be at Worcester. You think he went to Edinburgh after that? Anton Bresler. He's just, he's in Rassie now, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, in Rassie. Yeah. He was just relentless, relentless. Like Duracell batteries, go all day. Just keep smashing people, and it's just like, mate, give it a break, will you? I'm like 70th minute into a game, and he's just coming in with all that every time. So. You know, a fair play to him. He he was a pretty tough opponent I played against. Um, who I played against recently, um, I tell you, was pretty tough. Was that uh, Evan Roos, plays for, Stor- uh, plays for Stormers? Yeah, yeah, Evan Roos. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he's a pretty uh, hefty fellow on a rugby field as well. He can put it about. Do you
1: but- ever like? Do you ever hit someone that's a lot bigger than you, and like even though like the game adrenaline or all that, so you wouldn't feel it? Do you ever like? Take a second, like almost out of body experience, but holy shit! Like I'll just put him on his arse. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know about that, but there's been some like I had some hefty collisions in in like over my time, and someone probably pulled up afterwards and gone, "Geez, you put you put a hell of a shot in there." And then you think about it, you go, watch it back, and like, Phew, that is a, that is some decent shot, mine But um. I've definitely had it on the receiving end of it. <laughs> <coughs> I've definitely received a couple of gone, that's the last thing I needed. Um, but you know, I, I guess that's why you live and live and play the game because you you know it's part and parcel of it. You know, yeah. w- you wouldn't be doing it otherwise.
1: Absolutely. I mean, earlier on you mentioned some famous clubs like Edinburgh, Glasgow, Racing, and all that. What's the best venue you've ever played at? Can't say Cardiff Farms or Principality. That's cheating. <laughs> like you know, they're the best. I'll give you Principality. I do like Principality. I've never been to Cardiff Farms, so I can't judge.
0: Car- Cardiff Farms on a on a Friday night um, when it's a full stadium is unbelievable. I got to say, it's one to check out. So if we're, you know, it's one, it's it's, it's worth being there for a Friday night game um, or a Saturday afternoon uh, European game. Very, those two are very good experiences. Um where have I played? Um I think you know Raven Hill is up there as a as a as a um it's always packed. Every time you go there, it's always packed. And even the same with um uh, Lanz- uh no what's the one in Dublin where they learned to play? Oh the RDS. RDS. It's always those two stadiums always packed. Um. Yeah. Who else? Harlequin. Harlequins pretty good. To be fair, the the stoop. Um. Played in front of a full stadium in Murrayfield. Mind right? when I played for, when I did my debut for Wales. That was pretty decent as well.
1: Yeah, uh, Murrayfield's the best. There
0: you go. go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's like um, the cake dinner Wellington. Yeah. Very good, very good stadium. Um, yeah, experienced a couple of good ones actually. I think. Yeah, definitely. i have not really awesome. comment on Edinburgh, Edinburgh's new one because we've only played there with we've only played there, and they had they had all their they must have been all their academy players, all their senior players who weren't playing, sitting yeah. in the back of the stand, and they were making no noise, more noise than what you get if you're playing in in Murrayfield against Edinburgh. Yeah. so oh, yeah, I can
1: I'm so happy that we got the new stadium. Yeah. Because um, even though you can't even have eight thousand, because we I was at the Ulster game last week and it was a sellout and it was like seven, seven, eight, four, something like that. But it feels like twenty thousand. Like when you hear it, it's loud, it's thunder. But when you look at Murrayfield, like when Sky Sports used to do the Pro twelve. Yeah. And it come up attendance, three thousand two hundred. And I'm like, at Murrayfield, like that's crickets, so you won't hear it. <laughs> It's like one man has a dog in the stand. Yeah, exactly. But no, I'm so happy that Edinburgh's got their finally got their own stadium and gets decent crowds every week. Hopefully next time Cardiff are playing, there is crowds because yeah. I think you were like the last game for Edinburgh to play at home before crowds are allowed back in. So,
0: yes, that, that, that. I think uh, the crowds, like we've made a big thing about the Cardiff crowd this year. They make a hell of a difference when when they're on on point, and you yeah. know, to be fair, they've been, you know, uh, even when we put out two um, pretty much second string teams against, or even third string teams against Toulouse and and Harlequins, they made plenty of noise and they really supported the boys, and they have stuck through us with this year. To be fair, and we've had some we've had some hammerings. We've been on the back end of some real real hammerings and um so if anyone listens thanks for that card of fair
1: enough I mean you've not been as hammered as nearly as bad as Bath. Sorry Bath oh. <laughs>
0: fan <laughs> sorry uh, yeah that was pretty brutal to watch I watched some of that the other day and um yeah that's well saying that when you when you lose 50 points to the Scarlets and they haven't been going all that well this year either so <laughs> that was pretty. That was pretty. That was pretty tough to take. 50, 40 points against Ulster. Forty points against Edinburgh. Uh, I like that one. Sorry. Forty sorry. points against Stormers. Um, yeah. So we've been on the receiving end of a few, a few, hammer, a few amends this year. I mean, you,
1: Cardiff always seemed to bounce back. I always see like, even when you mentioned the Toulouse game, it was like a third string, but that wasn't through choice. That was because of COVID.
0: Yeah. And yet it you was. still. Gave them a bloody good game. I think for the first sixty minutes there was so much adrenaline, so much, you know, all those young boys and boys coming in who were playing in in the in the Welsh Premiership. They all wanted to prove a point. And yeah, yeah they, to be fair, they didn't care. They didn't give a shit about to lose. They just ripped in, and and that was the best thing. These guys are like. Hundred cap internationals or like fifty cap All Blacks, and they didn't care one bit who who was in the jersey, whose name was on the back of the jersey. They just ripped it in. They didn't like, and I think some credit's got to go to T R T Thomas, Reese Thomas, and and Richie Reese, who, who who drove that group that week and uh, those two weeks, and and you know they just said, look, boys, you've got nothing to lose. Just go and rip into them, and um, but you know there was a few, few. DuPont's magic moments of magic causes a few problems, doesn't it? So, just a, but,
1: just a tale of old now, isn't it? Just you just mention his name, and everyone's like, Yeah, cool, because he just does it to everyone. So, it's not, it's not even uh, news
0: anymore. He's pretty much, he's pretty much like you probably giving yourself if you go got him in your team, you reckon you're reckoning giving yourself 10 points start, head start. Oh, easy because yeah. he, he's just he. he Sometimes you won't even see him in the game next thing bang, he's gone, he's done something, and then before you know he's done two or three things, and <laughs> it's like back the moments, and you're like, and then when he's doing that, the other guys around him think, Oh, I can do that as well. And they all start playing like Harlem Globe and and they turn it on, and basically what France did in, in the in the Six Nations.
1: prime much. The bet that
0: catches me off with the pod
1: is obviously is a smaller like. Height-wise, he's a bit smaller because he's a scrum half, but he's so strong. Like you see him just shrug off everyone. Like, now nah, what? Like what are you
0: doing? Like what's
1: your workout <laughs> routine? <laughs>
0: yeah, you can tell me if, if you know. You can tell me.
1: Um, I'll find. I
0: don't speak French, but I'll try and find that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess he's just got a low center of gravity, super strong, short arms. Strong hips and thighs, and just you know, he's powerful in the in the contact, and he. So, um, and and then what helps is he's quick. So, you know,
1: yeah, fair enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there any is there any player that you've played with or against,
1: and you just kind of sit back for a minute? And go, unreal, like just unreal. Oh,
0: uh, that's a real. That's another tough question. I think when I was first coming through, like. To watch Regan King when the backs were doing their unit sessions, you think, How the hell has he just done that? Um, Jordan Williams, when he was at the Scarlets, um, he was an unbelievable. I coached him when he was in Scarlets under 18s, I was only about 23 24 at the time, and he was coming through. And uh, I said, said to a couple of people, this, this kid's got it, kicks off left and right foot easily off the tee as well, and uh, and he he. He had some unbelievable skills. He'd throw a little back doors every session without, without failure. Um, you know, there's... Like, Ellis Jenkins has got excellent handling skills for back or forward. Like, he's like a back. Um, Thomas Williams is like... I think his basketball skills coming through. Um, I just I just think that... The, I think I read something not so long ago that the more, more players professionally make it in a sport if they play multi, multitude of sports at a high level when they're a kid oh. so like I think I was reading about Harry Maguire was very good at football uh rugby and something else and he all played them at a very quite high standard at school level and uh, and the, they, they've done a study since and it said that uh, guys who tend to play a multitude of sports at a high level end up making it in one of them.
1: No, I'm not making it. Then. I was rugby. Through, through <laughs> it. That, was, that was that. So
0: yeah. No, I'll, I'll just, I. will just check time if view <laughs> So like, there's 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 like I think Tip Brick is another one. Skills like a back, pace like a back, hits like a forward. He can carry like a four as well, so you know he's got he's got pretty much an all round game, isn't he? Yeah, very good level of a player. Just a cheat code, is not he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could, <laughs> um, you could say that.
1: What's the best game you've ever attended? Not not playing, just you've gone to go and see it.
0: Um. Ah. Oh, um. I went to watch. I was a very I was a youngster, so I was uh I was probably about twelve or thirteen. I went to watch the All Blacks against Wales in the stadium. Um yeah, I was probably probably around twelve twelve, thirteen ish. And uh and just seeing watching the All Blacks then and they put they, they, they 40 on Wales, but you know, just to be able to watch it. Two seats from the from the pitch side and uh in the stadium. Um, you know that one. Or I know I was part of the squad, but when Wales won the Grand Slam in 2019?
1: Yeah.
0: I was watching the last game against play,
1: Ireland, thank. I, think. I again? think it was Ireland, yeah. Cause Hadley parks code very early on, did he not?
0: Yeah. So I was in the stand watching that game as well as part of the wider squad. Yeah. And Gats was like, We're gonna win a Grand Slam. We're gonna win a Grand Slam. He said it every week, all the way through the through the Six Nations to the squad. And once you once you start winning a cup, once you won the first two, you get a third one where way, you're thinking, right, this is on now. And yeah. uh, to watch the boys do that uh was you know uh, pretty special as well.
1: Fair enough. You saw the belief
0: grow, grow in the squad throughout the throughout the, the tournament as the tournament went on. You know, yeah. the the belief grew, and like you know, um, that was pretty special. Yeah, uh, it
1: does sound like it just sounds like a generally great environment as
0: well. Oh, look, like uh, last last year, been involved, hadn't been involved for a number of seasons, and to get back in there. Um, you know, obviously things have changed from Gatland era to the PIVAC era, uh, but, you know, a lot of the staff are still the same. Um, you know, it's, I think, you're very privileged to go and play international rugby and you've got to, when you go there, um, you understand you represent three and a half million people and there's no other, there's no better opportunity to do that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. I can't argue with that. Does... Being Cardiff captain change how you are like as a person, or does it not change you much?
0: So I don't, I don't, I live about, I, li- I still live down in the Scarlet Region. Oh, so shocking! <laughs> um, I never, I never wanted to move to Cardiff. Um, I had, I had two girls when I was twenty-two and twenty-four, five so um i was quite young in that respect but um i never i never really wanted to move i always wanted to stay where i was um between because where i was living just outside clearly my parents live 45 minutes the other way close west and cardiff's 45 minutes east so uh it's pretty it's pretty neutral for me you know i get the best of both i can sit in the car switch off on the way home from, from training so uh, and then obviously when I joined Cardiff, the girls had already started school by then. So they want to uproot them and move them away and the wife was settled. So um, you know, I think having that switch off time in the car on the way home from training is, is 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 real beneficial for me anyway. So um, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say being Cardiff Captain makes me uh change the way the person I am or anything I do. Um, you know, it's it's just uh, an extra, extra little piece of my job that I've got to do, I guess. You know, it's just... <laughs> It just means you get to mouth off of the refs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, have you got any advice for young players like trying to break through
0: currently? Um, yeah, just work hard. Work, work hard and care, care about what you're doing. That's if I could fair. swear, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say something else, but, um, you can uh, swear. I'd say, give a fuck. Just give nice. a fuck about the people around you. Give a fuck about what you're doing and, and, and just work hard. Cause, um, like I wasn't the most talented rugby player when I was a kid growing up, but I, I cared immensely about it. Uh, and I cared about getting better. Um, and I think ultimately that's helped get me where I am at, you know, today, um, and, uh, yeah, like, just just graft, just real hard graft. It doesn't come yeah. easy. Nothing's given to it, you know. That's
1: it. That's it. Well said. Um, is there any aims, I was going to say for the rest of the season, but there's not very long left of the season, so is there any aims you'd like to still
0: achieve just in your career in general? Um, uh, look, I've got a couple of little targets. I'd like to hit 200 games for, for Cardiff. Um which is, you know, it's probably uh, quite doable uh, over the next couple of years. Um, I'm on 169 now, I think. So, you know, I'm 31 more games. Fingers crossed. And then the other one would be trying to hit Muldoon's record in in the league appearances. I think he's on like 254, something like that. So, uh, and I'm close to 220. If I could do that, if I could get close to that, then, you know. Um, They'd be they'd be nice to take those two off. Like I, I think I've you know, maybe playing for Wales is that ship has now sailed. There's so many youngsters coming through, so many good players playing as well. Uh, but I never I'd never uh retire from international duty yet if they wanted me I'm there ready. So
1: I like that. I'll i I'll, I'll, I'll rate that.
0: Um I'm just trying to think like obviously would love to win. You know, another another trophy with the Cardiff boys, because um, they are uh, there's a great grunt, bunch of boys there. Um, I know we're, we're probably in a little bit of a, a transitional phase at the moment with uh, die coming in and this season really putting a stamp on things. But um, I think it's for the better. I think also that you know once we once we start to hit our strides and we we because we can't do it, we've shown this year we can do it. We've beaten you know Glasgow, we've beaten Leinster at home. Um so we've proven that we, we, we can do it and we've just got to be more consistent with doing it.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, obviously Guy's been there, he's done that, he's won trophies, so I d I don't see why it can't. And like you said, you've got a great variety of players and like top class talent. So who knows what the future holds.
0: <laughs> yeah, I you know. I think I think like the other thing is um those those boys are not youngsters anymore either uh yeah. they were they were youngsters a couple of years ago and uh one thing the biggest thing I've realized as you get older cup finals come few and far between so every time you get an opportunity you've got to make the most of them um and you know even even as a youngster you don't you don't play in many cup finals um so every time you do you've got to you've got to make the most of them um and you've got to, I think the other thing is you've got to strive to to try and get to, to hit those targets every year if if you want to get better.
1: Yeah, of course. Last little bit of the of the show. I call it quick fire questions. It's not like rapid. It's just more to get to know Josh Turnbull. So favorite pizza
0: topping? Favourite pizza what sorry? Favourite pizza topping. Pizza topping. Uh. Oh um oh I'm partial to ham and pineapple I like that no, no,
1: no! <laughs> I was going to ask, does pineapple belong on pizza? But evidently, yes, it does. And, and yeah, your it household. does.
0: Yeah, it does. Well, it does. Does for me anyway. No,
1: no, I've, I've lost respect for you now. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite beer after a game?
0: Oh, um, a nice cold Peroni.
1: Oh. Good choice, like oh, that. I'll Moretti. I've still not had one of them. I've still never tried Moretti, but I will. I will. Get one of them.
0: Favorite uh, music genre? Uh, you'll probably hate me for this as well, but I'm a, a, I've got a thing for uh, trance, like Armin van Buren And uh, well, not saying oh. that. I got I, I got into it when I was in. When I was a bit of a youngster, a couple of boys, they all had like decks and stuff, and they'd all play hard house and trance. And I got into it then, probably then. And I listen to that quite often when I'm in the gym. But not, yeah. also, I like the the killers. I like um, Stereophonics. So, you know, uh, I listen to Michael Jackson. I'll li- listen to uh, I'll listen to everything and anything. Like, I go in the kitchen, and the wife's got um, Western music on. So, you know, I'm I'm partial to a bit of everything, but. Game in the yeah. zone the game is probably a bit of uh, a bit of trance, a bit of army van buren. Any any specifics? Actually, what's your favorite song? Just in
1: general. Doesn't have to be for a game.
0: Oh, um Killers Can't Stop.
1: Good, good. Favourite film?
0: Oh um, favorite film? Um Twin Town. So well it's uh, it's not a Welsh film, but it was, it was set in Wales.
1: All right, right, okay, fair enough.
0: Yeah, watch it. It's very funny. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll,
1: I'll try and get. I'll try and get around to it.
0: Sunrise or sunset? Oh, after seeing the sunset in Ibiza, I'll say sunset. Yeah, nice. And I could vouch for
1: that as well. Ibiza sunset is just
0: yeah. very
1: nice. It's orange. It hits the water. Beautiful. Spot on. Winning try or winning. The turnover to give your team the win. Either way, you're going to be the hero.
0: Uh, I've done both, so but I, <laughs> I felt I felt, um, I felt after doing the try-saving tackle, that was uh, I loved that more. I'll take Fair. that try save, and tackle.
1: I like how you did a brag there as well. Without <laughs>
0: <way.
1: laughs> favorite dessert,
0: uh, chocolate trifle.
1: Hmm. Ideal holiday location.
0: Um. uh I've 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 been to Cuba and you know I I, I really enjoyed it there, so I'd, I'd love to go back actually. Oh, uh, fair
1: enough, fair enough. If you could sign for any team in the world, who would it be and why? You could pick Cardiff if you want, if you want to be a proper loyal. But like um... the wife's not working, the kids are out of school.
0: Money's uh, not an uh, oh, oh, um, try to think now. Where do I want to go and play? Who would I want to play for? Um, uh like I used to be a fan of, of Leicester Tigers when they were when they were when I was growing up. They were they were in their pomp and they were you know I wanted the you know I probably let's say Leicester Tigers and they're doing well now as well. Yeah, no, that's fair
1: enough. I like that, and it's not too far away from from uh, home.
0: I not think, like I think, like the way they've turned things around this year as well. Uh, you know, they've obviously got some very good coaches there as well, um, and they've got a very good bunch of boys who've bought who've bought into what Steve Borthwick wants to do.
1: Yeah, can't argue with that. And last question: Scarlets or Cardiff?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cardiff.
1: Good, just testing. That's twice I've done that on the bounce now with our <laughs> guests. I've just tried to catch them off. So, yeah, but honestly, thank you for this. This has been an absolute blast. No worries. Hopefully, like true. I said at the start of, this, of the episode, hopefully we get to see you get a a run out against. I think it's Benetton. You said was the
0: last game for you. Yeah, we got we got we got well we got um zebra this week, the dragons a week after, and Benetton the week after that. So, um. I'd like to make dragons, but I'm more hopeful of making Zebra. Uh, sorry, um, Benetton. Go for both. Why not? Go for it. <laughs> don't think my calf, calf's like a chalk ice, but when I do think I'll make it.
1: Ah, that's fair. That's fair. But this has been the final whistle with Josh Turnbull, and we will see you next time.